Are you ready to learn what red flags keep an eye out for when looking for love? Then we've got you covered. I'm Brianna. And I'm Alex. And this is the podcast where we unpack reality TV and call out the bullshit. So that you show up confidently while dating and in relationships. Welcome to Ditch the the Script. (laughs) Hello. Hey, girl. A girl. (laughs) Hi, friend. How are you? Oh, I'm good. I'm in a uh, I'm in a good mood today and this week. Tell me, tell me why. Um, Tell me. I'm in a good. Well, I'm I'm having I'm having a good therapy week. Uh, So, like as a practitioner, like you're like I'm fucking killing it. (laughs) Yeah. No. Literally. Um, I feel. I I love those weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Me too. Um, uh, sometimes I feel in my bag, like I do this week where I'm like, I'm, I'm listening really well. I'm helping. Like, I've just, I think this week I've had a couple of moments where I really felt like it became really clear that the work that some of my clients and I are doing together is really positive for them. And they're really getting something out of that. And I didn't always feel that I had that opportunity in previous jobs that I was in as a Mm. clinician. So it has just been so good. Honestly, what it feels like for the first time ever in my career thus far that like good things are happening to good people, to trying people. And yeah. and I am so privileged to like be a part of that. Oh my God, so, the best feeling in the world. Yeah, it's so great. Yeah. I've always been good at like connecting with people and I felt like in previous um therapeutic relationships which other jobs were more community mental health based but I felt like the only thing that was getting us by and felt really positive about the work that we were doing was the fact that we did have a good relationship and I come from this previous these like other this other work that I was doing that felt like it was so limiting because the population was so under underserved that it was like we were told through our leadership very frequently like you know as long as you have a good relationship at least there's that like and I just that sucks that Mm -hmm. sucks like of course that's valuable like it's of course it's valuable for people who are going through really difficult like chronic life shit to have someone in their corner that they respect and that they know and feel respects them that is valuable but to be but to like have a have a working relationship like a positive working relationship with your client and actually um see that they are learning and adapting skills that will eventually help them be independent of you too yeah that's fucking beautiful dude yeah absolutely i like i like that being like results focused you know and getting them a win Mm. and like that for them is such a for the client is such a powerful experience because it's like oh my god look at me i can do it like whatever the they're working on that first win is such a big like stepping stone because once they have that first disconfirming experience and whatever is happening they're like whoa I have so much more power and autonomy than I ever gave myself credit for. Look at me go, Batman. Yeah, yeah, so, exactly. 
yeah, I feel that. I love that. I'm so happy for you. I mean, am I surprised? No. Like, obviously, you're a kick-ass therapist. Durr. Like, there ain't no question about that. But there are some so. off weeks. Like, there are some, like, I feel like yeah. uh, last week, I try to really revel in the good weeks when I'm in, like, my therapy bag uh, because the bad weeks are, are challenging and, and I think that a lot of us can relate to this. Whatever it is that you do that you you get a lot of that you feel really passionately about or you have a lot of confidence in. So for me, it's it's in like mental health work and, and honestly, a lot of yeah. other things in my life. And for athletes, it's the sport that they do. And for artists, it's the work that they yeah. make. And so when you when you feel that you are faltering or you feel that you are having more challenges, it's so easy to get wrapped up in it and feel like this must mean that I'm bad all of the time. And that really takes a major hit on your sense of self-worth. And I know how powerful that can be because I felt it. And I'm just no longer interested in allowing that to take up that much power when it's just not the case. Like being, being a therapist is something that I do. It is not who I am. So if I have weeks where, yeah, if I have weeks yeah. where I'm not doing super well because I'm distracted, I'm tired, my mental health feels compromised, um, or there's other stuff going on and I'm having a hard time, or maybe I'm just like, maybe I'm just misunderstanding what my clients are trying to say, then like, it's, it's, it's okay. Yeah. It's okay to be off. Yeah, it is. And it doesn't lessen the work that is being done, you know, like, I, first of all, I hope anyone listening to this has this huge aha moment that coaches and and therapists have imposter syndrome too, and also go through our own shit, just because we know all of the things. And it doesn't mean that we're perfect or like, don't have a day where we're like, oh, I'm kind of feeling something in some kind of way and whatever. Like, the human experience is the human experience, period. Yeah. Like, and so um, I hope this encourages you guys to know that, one, it's relatable, and two, you know, as Bree said, these identities or labels we put ourselves in or with, I'm a therapist, I'm a coach, I'm a woman, I'm a man, I'm a whatever, it really yeah. doesn't define your soul. Mm. <laughs> And who you are truly as a person, you know, what we do in the external world, what we produce, it's not our value. It's not our worth. Right. Which I think is a hard concept. Right. It's a hard concept to wrap your mind around, but it's also so freeing when you can allow that to be. (laughs) Yeah. I I agree with that. I think it's important to have your... um, have your strengths and identities sort of spread out along among a lot of things. It doesn't necessarily mean yeah. to ha- mean needing to have like a whole lot of hobbies or interests, but like just I have a relationship with who I am as a woman. I have a relationship with who I am as a therapist. I have a relationship yes. with who I am making a podcast. Like these yep. are things that are all part of my life that I feel really lucky to like tap into. They do not need to take over. If one, if one wing is busted, it doesn't mean that like the whole ship is down. I'm mixing up my um, analogies, but basically I like it all. (laughs) I'm a ship. I'm a plane. I'm a bird. (laughs) Yeah. And and if you're a bird, I'm a bird. 
That's right, baby. Notebook, full circle. Um, I also wanted to say, because I, I picked up this water bottle, and you know, you and I also manage our yep. social media accounts, of course, because we are a team of three, two producing, one editing, additional thank editing. You, and so, thank you, Matt. And so we do everything else, and all of the fucking clips, every one of the clips, I'm like, I have such an emotional attachment to this water bottle and every water bottle that I have ever used. I yep. have loved every single one of you. Like you were one of loved my children. Yeah. So that one you almost left in Vegas. Where was it where I grabbed yes, it? You were like, a oh times. shoot. Yeah. At the at, at Tilly's. At Tilly's when you were feeling horrible and you still saw it for me. I almost left it at the tattoo shop. I almost left it every damn where in Vegas. And oh there are a lot God. of places to leave your belongings. We went belongings. to a lot of places. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we had it. We got it. We had, does that you water helped have me, a name? Honestly, blue. She's blue. blue. She's blue. <laughs> like blue clues. Exactly. <laughs> um, last update. What up? Oh, wait, I have a date a this weekend. Oh! <laughs> I'm trying not to blow out the microphone. Oh my god. Oh. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. That was such a roller coaster of emotions. Um, yeah. I think it was one emotion and me just trying to like cap the bottle <laughs> while the explosion. It was like trying to put, you know, you're popping a bottle of champagne and then you're trying to recork it. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's not oh my God. Wait, tell me. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Okay. Bitch. Tell me. I don't want to, I can't give too many details because. Okay. Yes. Um, I respect that. I respect that. Yeah. And also like, let's not put the cart before the horse. You know what I'm Agreed. saying, dog? Agreed. I just like talking about boys. I know. Me too. That's why I'm a relationship um, coach. I know. <laughs> um, I just, I, I slip it in there to say like, listen, dates be happening. Hell We're yeah. feeling really excited about it. And so far, green flags only. Yay. Snaps for green flags only. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, I'll keep you updated. Maybe yeah, privately. Okay. Yes. Keep me updated <laughs> privately. But I want full access. I want the fit pics before you're going out. I want the vibe. I want the post-date breakdown. Like, I'm going to kind of be on your butt. Okay, let me see if I get this correctly. You want fit pick. You want um, uh, update of feelings prior to date mm -hmm. starting. Likely yeah. location and time, safety. Safety. Mm -hmm. Although this is someone that um, I've already met. So. Oh, well, that's really exciting. Wait, you met in our mm -hmm. realm? Mm-hmm. We met Oh, my gosh. I, I like it. Yeah, oh my gosh. me too. Yeah, wow. it's that's definitely like that's my lane. Yeah, I agree. I'm so I'm so there with you. Mm. Snaps. Snaps, Snaps for our IRL mystery man. What I'll say is also this is separate from that connection, but I've had a lot of really really cool conversations with a lot of my friends lately who are in very mm -hmm. different stages of dating, committed relationships. A lot of my friends are right. married. Some of my friends are still single. A lot of my, oh, and then the rest of us are in like long term committed relationships with like 
who knows what's on the horizon, family planning, moving. <laughs> we don't know. Like there's a lot going right. on with yeah. everyone, but I love this time of my life to be able to be among a community of, uh, they all happen to be women, but a community of women that are all in very different stages and have learned a lot of different things along the way. I've had a lot of yeah. really cool conversations on like the realities of, of dating as like a modern and adult woman, um, yes. like honoring yourself, but also like playing, playing into the game a little, like, uh, for teasing and for flirting and for um, relaxing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Relaxing. Am I? <laughs> Whatever works for you. <laughs> okay, I, look, okay, let me. <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, sh- no, shut me up, please. please I was just, look, up. look, I think it depends on how you define dating game. That's the only, that's my only question mark. Yeah. Okay. Do you have a question? I'm curious as to like, can you define that for me and how you interpret playing the dating game mm, a dating little game? Okay. So in my experience, I feel like yeah. I've been on lots of different sides of the spectrum. I have been, I've talked mm-hmm. about it here too aloof, too chilled to the point where I'm not even on your radar. Right. Because I am trying to be so incognito. Yeah, and then I like sneak up on you and I hope that I become like what? An irreplaceable asset in your life? Exactly. Um, And then I have also transitioned into... So again, this is my my own personal experience. So like my experience of what what would be an appropriate dating game may not fit for everyone else. Um, But then I've been on the other side where I've been like... I'm a woman who knows what she wants and I'm going to be super communicative about exactly what I want immediately with this person who is just trying to like know what my favorite color is. And <laughs> I am, and, and, and I think that I didn't appreciate that. Yes, that I have a right to honor that information about myself. Um, but I get to be choosy on when I, when I Disclose omit it. it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Because What I also think is true from my perspective, dating in heterosexual, hetero, (laughs) heterosexual spaces, heterosexual spaces. We can call it that. It's special is one word to call it. In heterosexual spaces is that like being that clear and that upfront with some men, some men are just like not evolved enough to not fucking cower at the, at the experience of, it's overwhelming. So yeah. I think timing is really important, but Agreed. if I'm going to wait, so for me, I know that I, it's important for me to be clear about what my intentions are semi-early, but it's also important yeah. for me to wait until I've decided that this is even a person that I am interested in enough Agreed. to share that with them. Um, and I get to take that time while I'm deciding if this person is someone that I am actually interested in expressing those needs, wants, and expectations for my own life, my own future into just relaxing it. This is just someone that I'm spending time with and getting to know. And it's really nothing more than that. Yes. Okay, good. I'm so glad I'm on the same page with you. This is something I was just talking about with two clients earlier this week, because there's so many questions. And the reason there's so many questions is because of this bullshit, early 2000s, misogynistic, trying to keep women in their lane, like crap. 
okay? Yeah. All these yeah. data really severe eating rules that have been like forced upon us. Yeah. That the other day, I can't remember what client it was, but they screwed up a lot of things in dating mm -hmm. and relationship. Um, but anyway, you know, my, someone was asking me, they were like, what's the right timing on having sex? What's the right timing about talking about my past relationship hurts and woes? And like, what's the right time? And it's like, okay, first of all, my first date rule is this. You're just trying to figure out if you're even curious about getting to know them period. Yeah. That's all a first date is, is like, let me meet you. Let me see if you're interesting to talk to. Let me see if I like actually even want to see you again. Cause by the way, we don't a lot of time. And Esther Perel talks about this too. When you're anxious, like on a date and you're like really in your head about like, what are they feeling? And like, are they into me? And, da -da, and you're so focused on like trying to decode what's going on with the other person. You aren't present. Mm -hmm. So there's no space for your mind and body to even understand how you feel about the person in the situation. So yeah. first date rule is exactly what you just said. I'm going, I'm meeting a new human being. What a privilege. And I'm just going to see if I'm even curious about going on a second date with them first. That's first yep. and foremost, mm -hmm. period. Mm -hmm. yeah. Then I'm using the word period a lot. Maybe we should add that to our merch list um, with a T at the end, you know? Period. That really fatty. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. one with a period, Full. actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. done. Design is done. Okay, so um, second date, third date, from there, it's what you feel safe and what comes natural, what occurs naturally in the conversation, in my opinion. I also truly feel if you're someone who's been through some fucked up shit, you probably want to keep your cards close to your chest until you've really developed rapport with someone. Because the unfortunate truth from what I've understood, especially like analyzing toxic relationships and like narcissistic tendencies is sometimes only overshare that can be used as a tool for manipulation. So for example, one of my clients who just left this toxic ex of hers, but she's also divorced like myself. And he used that against her. He was like, you know, you're divorced. You don't know any better. So you need to listen to me. This is how a relationship should be. And you should be doing this. And you're too secure to be doing that. And it's just like, whoa, bro, you're overstepping. So, you yeah. know, I just I caution my clients with um, giving too many details too quickly because, you know, let's be smart at the same time and protect ourselves a wee bit, you know, um, because there's this whole argument and I'm actually this is going to be a good debate for you and I. Okay, we're digressing. Okay. We'll keep it quick. Ooh, but ooh, do you think and it, it comes up in maths? It comes up in maths this episode, so it's mm -hmm. also on point because Jasmina and Michael talk like she we hear her talk about this. I'm a person who believes trust is built and it's trust equals the formula in my mind is consistency over time, right? Mm -hmm. Consistent behaviors mm -hmm. and actions over a period of time to me is what defines trust. There's also this mm -hmm. thing that goes around that says if they haven't given you a reason to not trust them, you should trust them. Where do you stand oh. on that? I'm just curious. Oh, mm -mm. I definitely <laughs> don't believe. I definitely don't believe that shit. The no, second. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't believe. Listen, I, I actually am someone that sort of just walks around and call it like. Call it ignorance, call it naivety. I am someone who goes through life tending to trust people quite quickly. But what mm -hmm. people don't recognize about my own internal experience is that I am surveying behavior before <laughs> I've decided to trust all of the time. I just, I'm, I like to think that I'm pretty good at like picking up on those cues and I'm prepared to be wrong if I get, I get if I get burned in the process because I did trust too quickly. All right. 
that's that's on me. But right. I personally believe trust is built. Um, I when you say trust is built over time with actions over time, I agree. I wonder if everyone has a different timeline of what time includes in that parenthesis. Yes. And I think yeah. there's different layers to trust because like, you know, even in my own relationships, like me disclosing certain aspects of my trauma, like there are some things right. that I didn't share until I was like several years into a relationship because it's like why I needed to feel safe. I needed to know that I wouldn't be judged for and I was full transparency, this particular thing that I'm alluding to, I was still low-key judging myself for it. It's sexual trauma. Yeah. And a lot of women struggle with that. Like when yeah. you've gone through sexual trauma, there's a lot of self-blame that happens where you're like, but I put myself there. And like, you know, and it's guys, if this is you, if, if you are listening to this and I, I want to say, I see you, I hear you. And there is no amount of you, uh, anything that you did that allows someone or gives someone permission to take advantage of you sexually ever. Um, so period. I just want to throw that out there. Yeah, period. <laughs> um, so anyway, like my point in saying that is, is because of my own judgment with this specific trauma I'm alluding to, it took me a while to even be able to open up about that with certain people because yeah. I needed to, I needed the time to, to know that right. I was in a safe place with them. So yeah. what this really, if, listen, I'm going to say that we are the authority to make a hard and fast decision and have it etched yeah. into um, the United States laws to say that trust is built over time yeah, and that your experiences having had trust that is broken from pretty much being an infant on probably right. is, inc is information that is included to uh, assess like how long it takes for you to develop trust with someone. Yes, absolutely. Ab so freaking lutely. So speaking of maths, let's go. Let's get on with it. Mike and Jasmina. Okay, before we get into any specific couples, uh, quick um, update on sort of what this episode looks like because for some reason I love doing that. It's one of my favorite. Oh, context, I also baby. Mentioned context to look forward to after we do the maths breakdown we mm -hmm. have a listener question Ooh, uh-huh right. we have a listener question so keep listening thanks um mike and jasmina <laughs> i love you oh, i you love you too up. um Good. mike and <laughs> mike and jasmine i meant to tease that earlier i was like that's gonna be cool because alex doesn't know about the listener question um, but uh, then I forgot we about got it. One. So <laughs> we have one. All right. Mike and Jasmine. Oh, no. This is what I was going to say. <laughs> we're okay. We're okay. We're okay. We will be with you um, shortly. <laughs> <laughs> Hold for um, laughs. <laughs> so in this episode, we have two experts, Dr. Pepper and Calvin, Pastor Cal. Pastor Cal, thank you on the mm -hmm. layup. Okay, so we have Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal, which sound like made-up people, and I swear that they're real. Dr. Pepper <laughs> gives me, I all I think about is blue clues and pepper. Yeah, you know, like, oh my God, um, same. Yeah, yeah, that's so funny. Uh, okay, so if we just unlocked a childhood memory for you, you're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. Okay, so they each... <laughs> They each 
have individual meetings with all of the couples. So what I'm saying is like for like Mike and Jasmina, for instance, like Dr. Pepper meets with Jasmina and Pastor Kel meets with with Michael. So, and they do that for all of the couples, which is a really good opportunity for each individual to sort of be really be honest about what their uh, challenges or strengths are in the relationship up until that point. And keep in mind, they're about, they're about 10 to 15 days away from deciding, are we staying married or exactly, or are they going to help us get divorced um, tax free? So (laughs) this is, yeah, exactly. So this is it. Okay. Mike and Jasmina (laughs) for the one millionth time that I've said that. Um, Mm -hmm. so Mike and Jasmine are in a good place. Yep. But they still have some stuff to work on, like building intimacy. Like, yes. And we touched on a little bit of this in our last episode. I'm going to say we're pretty, we're pretty good. We're really good. Like there's actually a few times where I was like, I was using the exact same language last week on our episode. And I was like, you want to talk about imposter syndrome? Just calling back to the beginning of the show. This was really affirming for me and my ability as a coach. I was like, oh my goodness, look at That's right. That's right. That's a hundred percent right. I felt the same way. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Okay. So, um, yeah, I love, you know, um, I really appreciate Pastor Cal and Dr. Pepper in this episode. Um, I feel uh, that they're they're doing the best that they can. Um, I wish, I really wish the show utilized them more. I feel like in seasons past, I got more expert time with the couples, but maybe I'm just misremembering. Anyway, mm-hmm. so I digress. Let's bring it back to Michael and Jasmina. Mike and Jasmina. <laughs> okay. Um, so we're going to have to name the episode something like that. Michael okay. and Jasmina introed for the 100 million time. 100 million time. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah. So Mike expresses, you know, how he was initially doing things. He was kind of just like discussing with Pastor Cal, like his timeline on feelings. And he's like, you know, initially I was doing things because this is what a husband quote unquote should do. But now I'm starting to catch myself like I'm doing things just because I like her. And so Mm, Calvin starts to explain, you know, you know, doing the work works because the feelings come. And um, I really thought that that was a great way to kind of uh, boil it down to like a one one hit wonder line, if we will, on like, uh, or if you will, on what relationship, specifically long-term monogamous relationships require, I mean, all relationships of all kinds, polyamorous, whatever, they mm-hmm. do require effort. It just looks different because of the dynamics of the relationship. And I think a lot of time people in monogamous relationships want to feel a certain way to show up. And that's playing with fire because what are you going to do after 20 years when you're not feeling it anymore? And so I thought that was a great way to kind of hit it home with him. And then I thought this was really interesting, you know, because Mike, uh, Pastor Calvin was talking about physicality and he's like, so what would happen if you touched her? And Mike was like, I don't really know because, you know, she used to kiss me before bed because she said she was doing it out of obligation as like, that's what a wifey should do. And I told her, like, I don't want to do that to you. So, like, take your time. And Pastor Cal was like, that was a mistake on your end because you've just witnessed 
Yeah. You and no, you know, beautiful intention. Like I snaps for Mike. I understand this was a mistake, but like it came from a good place, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to make her feel uncomfortable. Right. And so but she, but uh, she did feel comfortable and it would have allowed progressed. for intimacy to grow. Yeah. 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 You know, with some of the couples I've worked with in the past, um, you know, usually if I have a couple reaching out to me, it's because obviously like they're not in a great place. Um, and no, one of you the don't first say help... <laughs> um, like, and you I know wanna... what? we're doing so well. I've got to call Alex and yeah. I've got to sign up for her services. <laughs> uh, you know, they just really want to hang out with me and like laugh. Yeah. And bond. I oh know. yeah. People, yeah. people contact me for therapy all the time. Cause they're like, you know what I'm doing really well, but I'd love to tell you about it every week. Yeah, every exactly. Week. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, you know, they reach out and one of the first things I talk about with them is co-regulating, right? Is like mm. finding ways in your day to co-regulate with one another. And fun fact for y'all listening, the statistic from Gottman Institute is that couples wait an average of six years of being unhappy before they seek help. That's crazy. Mm, so, you know, please do bad. it prematurely. Even if you feel like things aren't that bad, do it before you feel like you absolutely need it because it's going to be so much easier and so much more quicker, efficient if you go before you like can't stand being in the same room with one another. Anyway, yeah. I digress. Bringing it back to my point here, um, you know, one of the couple one of the exercises I give to couples is finding a way to co-regulate and that can be a bunch of different ways. You know, a 30-second hug is a beautiful thing. There's something about a prolonged hug where your nervous systems are kind of tuned to each other. Um, but it can also be holding hands for 30 seconds. It could also be a six second kiss, like anything like that. Um, and so it's just, that is what Pastor Cal is trying to say here is when we do, even when we don't want to, but when we do allow ourselves to connect physically with our person, something happens to the body and the brain where we are allowed, we feel like a breath of fresh air comes and it's like, okay, wait, this is, this feels nice. Yeah. Um, and it allows those feelings to kind of come back up to the surface. So again, loved this moment with them too. And now I'm going to shut up and let you share your piece because I talked for a lot there. I loved it. Did you hear that entire intro? I don't think I even took a breath. So <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I you're you're hitting all of the marks. Uh, also, you, I think you have much more extensive notes than I have. Um, <laughs> my uh, the thing that jumped out to me the most, and what you've sort of mentioned, is the recommendation to um, if you're, if you're in your couple and you're having a hard time and you're feeling like you're not, you're, you're not reconnecting physically and right. intimacy is like slow to, to build, um, and you're wanting to facilitate a little bit more romance, but you don't live in like a romantic comedy or a romance novel right. in which someone does something very creative and gesture like, uh, Pastor Cal recommends like having regular everyday conversations, but holding hands, um, yeah. touching each other in really like sort of casual but intimate ways and going mm -hmm. about your regular day business. And the experts in the show sort of help our couple here, Mike and Jasmine, to understand that that is what – actually, I think this was Dr. Pepper that was saying all this. This is what helps you transition out of a friendship, roommate right. type of romantic relationship. That's what helps you step – which is what helps you step back into a we're more right. than just friends space. And I thought that really jumped out at me because it's mm -hmm. simple, it's achievable. Sometimes you just got to get over your shit long enough to 
say, I know that this is a little cringe, but I'm going to, I'm going to touch you while we talk about our grocery list. Yes. Seriously. While talking about your grocery list. Oh, yes. Hot. Yes. Hot. So hot. I need lemons. I need oat milk. I need parsley. Mm. Mm, Mm. Sexy ground turkey. 98%. Okay. You're turning me on. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's a good way to yes and so and so the funny thing with um jasmina and kind of going back to what we just talked about is jasmina is expressing her biggest concern with michael is she doesn't feel she knows him well enough yet because they haven't had these deep conversations about his past because michael keeps alluding to like my past made me who i am and this is kind of where Jasmina hits home what you and I just talked about in our intro around, you know, I feel that you trust someone unless they've given you a reason not to, whereas Michael's the kind of person where he needs that to build up. And, um, you know, that's when Pepper does exa- talks about exactly what you're talking about, you know, that physical mm-hmm. safety of like establishing mm-hmm. that trust and that feeling of connection. Um, but what's beautiful about this is that um, they they had a talk. So the two of them come together and they did such a good job with sharing each of their questions, like asking their questions, sharing their perspectives on what they needed. And I really was like, I said out loud to my computer as I was watching, I was like, good job, guys. Like, number one, like I got my foam finger out. I should get a foam finger because I love we foam need, fingers. Oh, we I need gotta, a DTS foam finger. Like, yeah, like, okay, we're going to do that. Um, <laughs> That's easy to get, man. My events knowledge is coming in for that. I will ship you Absolutely. one. Stand by. Period. Pull them for the yeah. chat. Yeah. We'll have a couple. I'm also going to get a red flag. Talk, a ooh, flag. a red flag. Yeah, a green flag. Um, talk We're about your props. budget. Yeah. Oh, my God. Can't wait to get to that part. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I was really, really, really proud of them. And I loved Mike. You know, Mike displayed some of the communication things we were talking about when he uh, at one point, Jasmina stated something that she needed. And he was like, I hear you. I hear you. So I loved that he like validated and like took the second to be like, "Okay, I'm hearing you. I hear what you're saying. And then he had a really good question. You know, do you think the chemistry you're looking for that there's enough time for it to get there? And I loved that because it's an honest question. And he really wanted to understand like where she's at and what she needs. And she was like, you know, we're in a really good place right now and I don't necessarily need us to be physical by decision day I just need the feelings to be there because I know if the feelings are there the physicality will come right. and so I'm really proud of them me Snaps too for Jasmina and Michael me too I think that they're in a really good place and and I, and I feel safe enough to say that if they weren't going through this experience together on this show and they were just dating IRL they would have been broken up by now they would they would have stopped seeing each other yeah, I also, I hear that, and I feel that if they didn't have the support of the experts, they probably would have Split blown up. up, too. And I there's a part of me that kind of wonders if they'd met naturally in real life, if this would have developed over time. I don't know. I'm, I'm just... I, I, th- I, think that, I think that... I think that either Mike would have shut down, and in response okay. to Mike shutting down... Excuse me. Um, You're good. Jasmina would have misinterpreted their miscommunication or their communication breakdowns and she yeah. would have understood it as or uh, experienced it as disrespect, which she has been very vocal about her not tolerating. And she would yep. have said peace Bye. because she's more comfortable alone in her independence, which girl, I fucking 
feel you. However, <laughs> it doesn't help us have our long-term relationship goals. For real. So that's, that's that with them. Keep it okay. up, you two. I do have one thing to say about them. Say it. It's at the end of the episode. So this okay. is going to come up. It's going to come up a lot with the rest of the couples because it's a shared experience for all of them, except for Noi, who's sick at home with a headache. So what happens is, is they all go, all of the, all of the couples play like indoor volleyball together because it's Boston and we don't readily have a bunch of volleyball courts that are clean and dry and not covered in shit. So they play it <laughs> indoors, <laughs> surrounded by beaches, surrounded by beaches, but none of them clean enough. Um, so they have this indoor bo- volleyball court. They're playing volleyball, and they don't realize that Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal, like a couple of sneaky snakes, are watching, are watching and listening to everything that they're saying. And so they all stop playing. So they're watching them sort of interact as couples, and they stop, and they all kind of like come together, and they're like talking, talking about their experiences, connecting. Yeah, they're having a powwow about their powwows with the experts. And um, so then Dr. Pepper and... I was going to say Sergeant Pep, Dr. Sergeant Pepper. Anyway, the experts, they come out and they say they confront them and they start like talking to them uh, at the couples. They I also confront- just realized Dr. Pepper's a soda. <laughs> okay, keep going. I just put that together. It I'm is. like, why does that sound so familiar? Like, oh, it, okay, Because it's a, a wonderful <laughs> drink. Okay, so... They're talking, they're checking in with Mike and Jasmina and Mike and Jasmina are saying like, we're in a really good place. Things have really progressed. We're feeling really good for X, Y, and Z reasons. Everything that we've already talked about. Wonderful. We love it. Thanks. Um, then we also hear Jasmina who is like, they're asking them about if intimacy is building. She was like, well, it's, don't get me wrong. We cuddle, we touch, we do X, we do Y. Um, she goes, but I just don't feel anything. And while this conversation didn't really like go much further, I'm assuming that there's going to be more that we learned from how this went next episode. I just really felt for a Mike in that moment to have someone maybe confirm like maybe what could be his worst fear in the moment, which is that like your knife, your wife's not feeling you physically dog yet. Yeah. And, and the way that she's talking about it makes it seem really final and very decide, decided on Yep. And I don't know if that's actually how she feels. It sounds like she's probably really a bit more open than what she made it seem. I just wanted to bring attention to the way that that message was delivered and him being right there. Yeah. And and Dr. Pepper calls her out on that. She's like, you know, when you say it, you're saying it in such a definitive way. I don't feel anything. And she's like, can you add the language of yet at the end of that sentence? And I think I thought that was so powerful. And I wrote that down as well, because it's just like, you know, like kind of what we were saying before. Um, it's not always gonna, long-term relationships aren't always gonna feel warm and fuzzy and lovey-dovey and like Pleasure Island. Like it's just not because time and life and stress and again, the human experience as individuals and you bring two people together, something's gonna give at some point. And so we make, and we talk, they talk about this so much in uh, this episode is love is making the commitment to see that through. You know, that's why in these wedding vows, you know, for richer or poorer, for better or worse, because we know that it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's like using definitive language, like I don't feel anything when you touch me at any time in a relationship is so 
hurtful for the other person. And so when we can start to, and this is something that I really want to applaud Dr. Pepper for, one, for noticing in the moment and, and expressing that and kind of teaching uh, Jasmina, but two, for me, because like I loved hearing that tool and that's going to be something I'm mindful of as well in my own self, but also with my clients is yeah. like, let's add that word. Let's that because that's a form of reassurance. It's subtle, but it's there. You know, I don't yeah. feel anything in this moment, but I know, you know, let's try and get there or I don't feel anything yet but I want to keep trying. Um, finally, 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 uh, finally. There are two moments that I am so goddamn fucking grateful for in yep. this experience, in this episode with Stephen Noy, which is that the experts finally told them you need to have a fucking conversation. I'm paraphrasing because I'm passionate <laughs> we don't need to say it anymore we've been saying it for weeks dude weeks the first time it came up and and then the second thing that i'm grateful for is they am actually sitting down and having yeah. said conversation With actually laptop and spreadsheet dude okay first of all since we're already talking about that when I saw Steve and Noy sitting at the kitchen table with his laptop open and he was like taking notes and like putting things together, I literally wrote my dude in all caps. Yep, I was like, Steve gets major snaps. Like, come on, homie. So proud of you. Get it, get it, get it. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. um, so the biggest things that I think are coming up is like Noy, Noy's defensive about this social media usage she has. And I feel like she's unwilling to see Steve's perspective and meet him with what he needs. Um, yeah. So just to recap, you know, this happened in the in the nudes argument, aka noodles. Um, oh, yeah, it was gonna be like, uh, uh, yeah, nudes. nudes, social and, media. She was not yeah. sending pictures. There was a, no. a big noodles. pasta debacle. Yeah, there was a noodle argument. And um, she left the apartment and posted to social media. Um, a lot of people call this vague booking. Um, and then oh, she, she does I it like again. That. Yeah, she does it again randomly, though. And Steve kind of asked, you know, what's that about? And she said it wasn't about you. So Pastor Cal asks Steve, like, what his concerns are. And um, or no, I'm sorry. Steve is with Pepper. Pastor Cal is talking to Noy about social media and saying social media can really screw up a marriage. And I completely, I completely agree. agree. And totally let's just be, because people ask me what's the difference between privacy and secrecy in relationships all the time. If you don't want your partner knowing that you liked the photo, commented on the photo, sent the DM, you're in the wrong, period. Mm, it's not mm -hmm, that hard. Mm -hmm, Private mm -hmm. conversation, you wouldn't, sure, you might not want them to read it, but they're, you're not hurting them, right? They're not going to be upset about it. Mm -hmm. Secrecy, you know you're doing something that you want to hide from your partner, Okay. So let's right. just be clear there. Social media, do not allow social media to ruin your love life. It's so not worth it. Um, Get a journal. So, for real. <laughs> or, or if you're too, and I say this to clients all the time, if you're too emotional to journal, just voice memo your feelings yeah. and thoughts and just yeah. be like, la, 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 emotionally work <laughs> into your phone. But you know what? Like, noise not saying this, but listen, as a group, can we all just get fucking honest with ourselves and say that For we real. are seeking validation when we yes. do these outpours of our, I just have to speak my truth on the internet on an Instagram story that's going to disappear in 24 hours. Like, come on, dog. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I'm with Steve because, like, you know, she keeps claiming it wasn't about him. And by the way, this post that she posted that we keep just talking about in this episode is it said something to the effect of when you start wondering if you deserve better, you do. Exactly. And so from Steve's perspective, I'm kind of with him. Like, I don't know how that can't be about him, especially since she's not like, well, my friend's in a shitty relationship. And I was posting that as like subliminal messaging for her. Like, there was no... She never explained what it was if it's not about him, you know? And then she did say, and I do feel that way sometimes in our relationship. So it's yeah. like... Yeah. So it's like, what is it? What's the truth here? You know, like, and if you're going to own, like, own what you're doing, especially since you're doing it publicly, like... Yeah. You and know? to be fair, Steve's not even calling her a liar, which if it were me, I probably would because I would have been like, you're trying to fucking gaslight me and I'm not cool with that. But she's not doing that. I'm sorry. He's not doing that. He's saying... Okay, so if it's not about me, you have to understand that people are going to see that and assume that it is about me and I'm not comfortable with that still. And while that could sound petty and a little bit focused on what other people think of him, I think that he has every right to feel I agree. that way. I agree. It implies that she's dissatisfied with her part, especially since it is so vague. You know, it's not like my girlfriend's going through it and let me just tell all the ladies out here, we deserve blah, blah, blah. That would have been different. And I'm sure he wouldn't have taken it personally. But when you leave it again, vague, it very, and it's again, I've, I don't believe her. I don't believe Noi when she says it wasn't about what she was feeling. I think this mm -hmm, was her way mm -hmm. of trying to get his attention and this subliminal messaging stuff. And she just needs to have that conversation with him. You know, mm -hmm. hey, I'm noticing myself having these feelings of, you know, feeling like I deserve better. And I know that we're married and I know that you want to meet me there because we've talked about how you want to meet me there. Like, can we sit down and really figure out like, and Steve does that, you know, like on the couch. He says, what do you deserve? Like, what do you feel you deserve? What am I not doing? He asked yeah. that in such a calm, chill manner. Like, dude, I low-key, like, Steve's cool. Steve's a good catch. Like, he's a good dude. Agreed. Um, you know, and so that was what basically Steve was talking about with Pepper. And then um, Noi was talking to Pastor Cal about her concerns about the financial stability and the job. And, you know, her question was like, can you hold down a job? And it's I'm so frustrated that she doesn't trust him when she knows he has enough money to to travel, which it's like clearly he has held down a job. And his friends, when they came over for housewarming, said he has a great network, which you don't get from not holding down a job or having right. a good working relationship. But I'm Go going to interrupt you to say, I understand your frustration with her not trusting him. I agree with you um, in that it's not taking consideration who your partner actually is. But we have to remember that the reason why she's doing that is not specific to Steve. Um, right. It's, it's because of her background. It's because yes. she grew up in poverty and she doesn't trust that anyone has stability unless there's a nine to five job, which when you understand that you can appreciate that that's where she comes from. But yes, they are. She is she because she's so afraid of the outcome right. of the conversation. She's afraid to have that conversation with him to be able to sort of take a leap of faith and trust, uh, right. trust Steve's plans. Yeah. And, and I talk about this all the time, but this is a great example of it. Our trauma becomes the lens in which we view and perceive every interaction if left unresolved. And so that's what I mean. Cause I hear you, right? Like, yes, I'm frustrated with my, but my point in bringing this part of it up is she doesn't see 
his rapport that he's built, the network he's built. She doesn't see the reality in which he was able to travel because of how financially established he is. Be and that's her own. Yeah, go ahead. No, you're saying step outside of your trauma lens. Right, right. And, and, which and, see, and see this person that this person is not part of your family. This person is does not have the the experiences that you have had and all of the other behaviors that he've had and granted he's a brand new person to her but all of all of the information that he shared with her up until this point has included some form of stability yeah lots of it gotcha yes so so you know pastor cal i loved his phrasing of it you know he said ask him how are you going to make sure that i'm fi i'm financially secure we're financially secure and so she asked and i was really when she was sitting down with steve and steve answers you know we can have we can explore opportunities obviously a full-time job is one and i have done entrepreneurial endeavors before so are you open to that and like what does that look like to you and she eventually did state it's less about the job and it's more about the income she's like i need to see income and so that's what we've been trying to get at you and I this entire time. Like, is it the job, meaning you want him out of the house? You want him having a life like in that way outside of your relationship? Or is it you just want to see funds coming in and have a financially contributing partner, you know? Um, yes. So I was really proud of them sitting down and having this conversation um, around all of that. And... My only thing where I was like, okay, we're tiptoeing on negative ground was when, um, you know, Steve says he's laying out kind of the options for the, whether it's a job or entrepreneurial or da, da, da. And then he asks, your, asks her, if, if we do that, will you feel secure? Like, will you have the security you need? And she kind of gives him this, like, I don't know if I want to call it an eye roll, but she like looks up and she's like, it's going to have to take some time. And... I, it made me, I put yikes in my note when I saw that. That's what I have because I'm, I'm going to take full ownership here. Noi might have a um, habit of lifting her eyeballs up to think or recall. And mm -hmm. I interpret it as her shutting down or like, like kind of pushing away. Yeah. Right. So I'm going to take, and that might be my trauma lens. Okay. Full transparency. <laughs> um, but when I saw that, it made me feel a little like, Ooh, what was that about? You know? Yeah. Um, so I can't tell if she genuinely meant like, okay, yeah, then it's just going to take some time for that, like for that security to like be felt by me physically. Or if she meant like, if it was her cop out, cause that's what it felt like to me. It was like, it was a cop out. Like, yeah, okay. It'll take some time. Yeah, um, I agree. But, I, I, I'll be honest, like I, I appreciate where she's coming from and I appreciate that these conversations around money make her nervous, but I don't feel that she is always open in moments like this. Yeah. She seems really like closed off and, and in a way that really surprises me because through the beginning of this experience, I feel like all I ever commented on Noi was how open she was to this like opening herself up to Steve and um, being love. really vulnerable and her trust that she was going to fall in love with him. And then once the issue with money and financial security became a big deal and then continued to be ignored, she, I watched her lock up more yeah. and more and more. Very much. Where she's like, yeah. I don't 
want to move in together after the show wraps, things like that. Yeah. Um, if there is something that I would like remix in how they got <laughs> to this point where they're finally fucking talking about the goddamn forsaken budget. I know. <laughs> is if we recall from previous episodes, Steve was Steve was putting off having this conversation because as he says, he wanted to know what Noi's plans were. What does she want for her life? And then he can decide what type of income he needs to access to be able to give that. And that shouldn't have been his, that shouldn't have been Noi's responsibility. I really want to name that. Right. Like if Noi is unfamiliar with how you, Steve, maintain your life with some financial stability and freedom, then, and you are the expert in being a, um, What's the word called when you are a freelancer? Yeah. When you are a freelancer, um, you're the expert on it. And you're the expert on how to move your funds around. You needed to be like, okay, I hear that you are unsure about what's going on. There's a part of me that's getting a little defensive. But you know what? I'm going to check that. Let me pull out my computer, my handy dandy fucking Blue's Clues computer, and let me show you what I'm talking about. And that yeah. could have been it, bro. That could have been yeah. it. Yeah, and it would have been settled and they would have been able to continue their bond. But instead, Noi became hyper-focused on what she wasn't feeling safe with, which literally affected how she showed up in their everyday lives. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, it put a lot of strain there when it really didn't need to do that. I have faith that they'll be able to bounce back. I think they have enough. um, I think that in time, they'll be able to be okay. Um, As far as like there, we know that they're sexually intimate. We know that like on their one month anniversary, they were expressing like how they felt about each other. So I feel like we do have a decent amount of good built up with this couple. Um, but yeah, it didn't need to go on for this long. Um, and yeah, it's just, I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. He whipped out the laptop. I agree with you because look at the, look at what good this conversation did. While Noi may still need to manage her own emotional response in the experience of talking about money, which is clearly very sensitive for her and for good reason. Um, she, like they were able to transition into talking about their family goals, kids. So again, whereas a a, a week's episode ago, she was saying, I don't want to move in with you. Having the difficult conversation that was really like the point of contention for the two of them allowed them to actually reconnect and really get right back on track and build off of the positives as you're mentioning. Yep. Yeah. So keep it up. Deal with your shit. Deal with your shit. Percent. We should make a jingle. <laughs> it's done. <laughs> Soundbite done. Matt, we're gonna have merch. We're gonna have an album. We're gonna have with backup dancers. finger foams, foam fingers. And, yep, and foam fingers and flags. It's all coming. Pew pew pew. Okay. Ding. Wow, Who's I'm next? having so much fun. <laughs> Me too. This is a great episode. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We're only yeah. halfway there. <laughs> we still, if you forgot about my teaser, if we have a listener question. <laughs> and two more couples. We got a rapid fire well, list. We really got to go. Yeah, we got to get through it. Uh, oh. And a barking dog. Okay. so Hi, he's, barking dog. He's just playing. All right. Um, number three, Mark and Lindsay. 
Mark and hey. Linz. Um, so they start off this episode with Lindsay, kind of her inner child, man. She is coming out. And I really, I, I put my hand on my heart and like, I take a deep breath. Cause if I'm being honest, I so feel for Lindsay here. Cause like, I can just, it's like being a fly on the wall, watching the, these two interact. It's like, oh my God, you just, it's so plain as day what's happening. Mm. Um, which is why, like Bree just saying, fix your shit, so important. So we start off with Lindsay hearing how much she's begged Mark for consistency, and we hear Mark really freaking out about, you know, the way she communicates with him. Both completely valid points. We see this. We know this. The issue is that they're not ever discussing a resolution and sticking to that resolution, right? They're just the pointing the finger at, like, this is what you're doing wrong to me, mm-hmm. not the other half of that. So in come the experts. So Mark is like is sharing this fear that if this, they're going to go to the experts and nothing's going to change. And so Calvin, I felt like I could relate to Calvin in this moment so hard because he was just like calling mm-hmm. it out like boom, boom, boom. Um, and so he wants to talk to Mark about how he reacts and responds. And he acknowledges like Lindsay needs to do her part, which is mind her delivery. I want to like and I think he did that to validate Mark because that we all know that that's going to be Mark's concern, right? But Mark can't control how Lindsay delivers it. We're here to talk about Mark and what Mark can do for the relationship. And yeah. so, you know, Cal brings up like you, you teach people how to treat you. And if you don't, they're going to treat you however they feel like it in that moment. Um, so true. And then he, Calvin hits home on, you know, does Lindsay remind you of the way your mom talks to you? Are you scared of being your father in this environment? And Mark, yeah. Totally oh, the down. light bulb went off. The light bulb totally went off. He down. connected those dots. Yeah. And this is what I do a lot with clients is like, you know, when we take that awareness is so profound because it's like when you can bring that to the forefront of your mind and say, oh, shoot, this is why this is so painful for me. And this is how I'm responding, which, whoops, mm-hmm. I saw that in my parents' marriage. I'm, I'm in it for Mark. He's very much responding in the way that his father did. He's shutting down. He's shrieking himself. He's like, you know, not responding, not connecting. And, um, you know, it made Mark really emotional because he doesn't want that for his life. And yet, despite the logic, logic desire, logical desire to want a different outcome in his relationship because of the conditioning, it's very much this pattern. Um, yeah. I thought yeah, that that was so, really interesting. And it, I think yeah. it was really interesting to see Mark step into that insight for the very first time. Yeah. What we're hearing and understanding is that Mark, when he experiences Lindsay getting angry, he shuts down because Lindsay getting angry reminds him of his mother in her anger. And there must have been a great deal of his dad shutting down in response to that. And maybe Mark as well with whatever he was exposed to while he shared that household with them. What we also learn from Lindsay's time connecting with Dr. Pepper is that, (laughs) Dr. Pepper, um, is that she is, her, her sensitivity to the inconsistency is entirely like a copy and paste from the wounds from her mom, Mm -hmm. which you called from like day zero. And she, 
she really, really, really finds a quick route to anger through sadness. She skips over sadness. She passes sadness like it's the like Pasco on a Monopoly board. And she goes right to anger because that's where she feels more comfortable. And Lindsay's got a sharp tongue. So she finds a lot of power there. Power that she is trying to harness because feeling uncared for, feeling neglected, like she has in the relationship with her mother, like she does in her relationship with Mark, makes her feel sad and makes her feel out of control. And so like rushing right to anger gives her control, gives her power. Yeah. And so Pastor Cal kind of talks about this, you know, Lindsay isn't your mom. And and he said, if you gave her the consistency and the attention that she wants, I have a feeling a lot of your arguing would subside. And I Mm -hmm. so get this because, you know, again, I feel for her and I can really relate to this couple. But the other thing I want to say is that what what we said before, we're so our egos we said this, and this is why we titled our previous episode, Your Ego's Your Biggest Cock Block. It's so true because our egos and the way that they show up in these intimate relationships, we're seeing this play out so blatantly with these two because both of them want to come first, meaning mm-hmm. I need to feel like Mark is thinking, you need to communicate with me better and then I'll be consistent. And Lindsay's thinking, you know, you need to meet my needs and then I'll communicate better. And mm-hmm. that that kind of standstill is what will kill any relationship. It's not about, and this is a hard thing to wrap your mind around when it comes to healthy relationships. It's, yes, you need to meet your own needs and you need to take care of yourself. You need to advocate for your needs and desires and you need to take into consideration your partner and how they want to be loved. And so, and balance the two. And so, you know, both of them kind of need to put their egos aside. And if they would just say, okay, I don't, I can't control you. All I control can control is how I treat you. So Mm -hmm. let me do that and then see where the dice falls. Because as Pastor Cal said, if Mark would do that, and I agree with him, Lindsay would feel safer and not so on edge and not so on top of his ass about things like laundry and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, I thought that was a really great awareness uh, for him to have. And I really hope I mean, I don't know what, where they're at in their relationship now, if they're married or not, but I hope Lindsay got the same messaging at some point because she needs to hear that too. Like, yeah. You can't always wait for your partner to go first or you're going to be waiting forever. Take the lead. Yeah. Be vulnerable. Yeah. And that's yeah. why relationships are so scary. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay gets called out on setting uh, – they don't use this language, but I'm going to use it, like setting conditions. Uh, actually, mm-hmm. let me take that back. She's not setting conditions. She is just saying – once you've lost my affection, it's gone forever, which we are not those it's people. Yeah, of course. Exactly. It's a threat. We are not like, I mean, don't get me wrong. If I want to make a decision that I uh, no longer want to date someone and I never want to speak to them ever again, of course, I'm entitled to make that decision. And the proof is going to be in my follow through, um, which yeah. m- my history, I have a pretty high success rate at. So good for me. But that doesn't mean <laughs> that Stop doesn't. Free. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that that's actually how our feelings work. That might be how my actions work, but that's not how my feelings work. I might cut someone off and still continue to grieve their their right. our relationship and still have deep feelings for them and love them deeply. You know, the list goes on. So her making a threat like that is what puts 
everyone off um, mm-hmm. and gets her this reaction of feeling like there's just no winning. It's why we saw at the beginning of this episode with Mark and Lindsay, Mark just sort of not apologizing, but naming that like, you're not the person for me and I'm not the person for you. Because when Lindsay makes these threats and is so almost general and being like, I am not feeling respected and I'm not feeling cared for and I'm feeling neglected. It makes the person that you're with who doesn't understand exactly what you mean by that just feel like, well, I guess it's just me and I'm just, I'm not good enough to to make this work for you. I'm not the right mm. person for you. And yeah. so you will continue to find people who are just not going to keep pushing to give you absolutely everything you want if you're not willing to meet them in the middle. Yeah, which is why the, like, it's fine to say something to the effect of like, I'm not feeling valued and, and I really, that's why emphasis on and, you need to follow that up with what they can do to make you feel valued. Yeah, And that's the, you know, she keeps saying consistency. It's funny, you know, Monday I had a masterclass and in the VIP session, a gal was talking to me about consistency. She's like, I tell every guy I need consistency and then they leave. And I'm like, are you being specific about consistency? Because what that means to you it might not, I'm not going to define consistency the same way. So give them more to work with because consistency, that can sound so overwhelming to someone. It can sound like I need you day in and day out on my phone, coming over, you know? And I think with the dating world and what we see today, I think consistency does equate to that in a lot of people's minds, but no, it could be one phone call a day. It could be two dates a week. Like it's going to be different for everyone, but give them something to work with is the moral of the story here. It's, it's too subjective. Right. Because we all care about different things that yeah. that we're looking for in our relationship. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping that Lindsay gets there too. I wanted to sort of check in with you about like, how about when they came home after their individual meetings with the therapist and they consoled each other? That was, that was a, one of those moments with Mark and Lindsay where I was like, oh, y'all really actually feel very safe with each other. When you're on the same page, you feel very safe. Yeah, you know, and this is what, this is what is so, um, again, fresh, relationships are layers, like just like individuals, and I talk about Shrek all the time, you know, ogres are onions, so I say the same about humans, you know, we have layers, and relationships also have layers in their own identity. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, on the surface, their layers are their trauma responses, you know, and how they react to one another. But deep at the core, there has been some rapport and some intimacy built between these two. Yeah. Um, and we see them snap back to that when almost all else has failed. It's like they're able to come back to this place that's really wholesome and like tender. And I did. I made a note, you know, Lindsay can see he's emotional when he's expressing connecting these dots to his childhood and how it's affecting their relationship. And she immediately just she leans forward. She keeps her mouth shut, which is like a big feat for her. And she holds his hand, you know. Yeah. And so and Mark did a really good job of asking, like, I want to understand why you reach for the hurt, you know, when you get upset. And she explains that, you know, when someone raises her voice at her, her defense system comes up. And so she just matches that energy instead of staying grounded. And so there was a lot of clarity that came up and there was a lot of, um, again, tenderness in this moment with them too, which they both needed. And this is something that is so valuable in a relationship. Um, And I think a lot of people don't realize um, how important to have that 
is. Like, that's what you need. Like, for example, I don't see Katina and Olajuwon having that, and we're, we're about to jump into them. There's not the same matched in tenderness and wholesome that, you know, mm-hmm. these moments that these two, mm-hmm. that Mark and Lindsay share. Yeah. Haven't seen it yet with those two. Yeah. Agreed. All right. So, Shall we? Speaking of. <laughs> speaking of. We haven't given a single ding. 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 Um, <laughs> yeah. So, you know. It starts off with them grocery shopping, and Alonjuan, um he makes a comment about how he feels he needs to guide Katina in the grocery store because they eat different. It just it feels so belittling and controlling, and he doesn't. And so we move forward. I'm going to say, I'm going to set it up this way. We move forward to, you know, Katina meeting up with Pastor Cal and Alonjuan gets Dr. Pepper. And Alonjuan shares with Dr. Pepper, you know, I feel like we're doing well. And Dr. Pepper calls him out on his behavior with Katina so far saying, you know, you talk down to her. And Alonjuan flipped on her. Very um, defensive. Yeah, and uh, he feel he says, I don't belittle her. I don't talk down to her. Um, and then Pepper asks more of an exploratory question because clearly, like, that wall went up immediately. So she's trying to be clever and says, well, have you examined your tone? Which I find was a great version to ask because even Alonjuan, we've seen him on camera saying, I need to work on my tone. Um, and then his response to Dr. Pepper asking that was, you're trying to make me look like a bad guy and got defensive. No one called you a bad guy, dude. Yeah. And then says, if Katina feels that way, then she can tell me no on decision day, which is like Katina. No, Katina's not the one saying this. A professional who analyzes human behavior is saying you're being contemptuous. You're being super condescending to your wifey and she only scratched the surface on she did she was easy on she was she was playing nice she was playing nice and he got very defensive and and i don't i i want to also consider that i don't know what the some of these couples their um perspectives on therapy or marriage counseling has been up until they get to a an experience like this because everyone comes from a different place of yeah. looking at therapists like y'all are just nosy y'all are just expensive <laughs> listeners you know <laughs> and you don't know shit about shit and if you come from a cultural background whatever it may be that like you really keep your your marriage, your relationship private and behind closed doors and it's not anyone else's business. Talking with a therapist may feel very intrusive. And yeah. I wonder how relevant that may have been for a large one, just in the way that he responded, where he was just like, That that can be between me and my wife. You really don't. I had to, I had to tell Dr. Pepper like what was up. I had to catch her up because she yeah. clearly was misunderstanding. Yeah, and that so what Bree is saying because Alonjuan says that on the volleyball date where, unbeknownst to them, um, you know, Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal are quite literally watching and listening from a separate room. So there, she's 
listening to Alonjuan discredit her in front of the the group. And, um, you know, Pastor Cal comes out and a part of me is like, why did they send Dr. Pepper to Alonjuan? I feel like he would have responded better to Pastor Cal because he does in this instance where um, Pastor Cal, and I quote, says, wait for it. I hope you're hearing me, boy. Like, he, he mm. literally is like, you yeah, know. He respects, he respects him more. Yeah. Um, and he's talking about Katina. Again, such an amazing quality that Katina has is she has a resolution, re- resolution-oriented mindset. So mm-hmm. when conflict arises, she's like, how can we reach for peace? How can we solve this problem? And that's something that is, again, invaluable in a partner, because if you have someone, you know, who very kind of similar to what we were alluding to with Mark and Lindsay, where they're more focused on like trying to prove the other person and what or like point out what the other person's doing, where Katina's always like, okay, I hear you. I need to do this. I need to do that. And like, whatever, you know, the only time Katina's ever been defensive was the app thing. And rightfully so. I so get that. Um, but Alonjuan's not valuing, I mean, he says he is, but I don't think he truly is valuing the wife that he has, um, because he's so un, it seems to me he's unwilling to truly hear the feedback and take action to better himself with Mm -hmm. Katina. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, uh, I think that the way in which Olajuwon has responded in both of these moments directly one-on-one with Dr. Pepper and um, in that group setting uh, before he became aware that they were listening. Listen, it could be innocent. It could be like they just don't really don't understand is. me. I know. I don't either. I, I, Here's I, why. I, I have a reason yeah, why, tell though. Me. Okay, tell so, me why. Because I, the reason I don't think it's innocent is the second Dr. Pepper and Pastor Cal came out and sit down and they were like, hey, guys, we've been listening. Alonjuan immediately said, fuck, and like turned his head, which to me means you got your tail between your legs because you know whatever you just said is full of shit. You got your hand in the cookie jar and mm-hmm. you were caught by your mama. Mm-hmm. So I feel mm-hmm. like he knows better. And, I've, and I, I feel like he knows better because I've seen him be open to influence with certain people. So it's like, you play the part, right? Like, you know what I mean? So it's like, what is it when you get heated like that Isaac comes out, you know, I'm, I'm alluding back to his alter ego of when he was doing his playboy days. So it's like, I feel bad for the guy because it's like, I know that the potential is there. It's just, he's getting in his own way with how to actually step into that potential and embody it. Well, and the reason why he's getting, he's unable to get there is because his ego is so bruised that it takes him step, like, paces backwards. Um, Red flag, green flag. Ooh. uh, I'm going to take, I'm going to take the low-hanging fruit and say, um, Olajuwon's defensiveness. Nay. Nay. Olajuwon's response to help is a red flag. Yeah. Yeah. His response to help. And maybe this is just a a Brianna-specific red flag. If I am going to be in a relationship with someone, I am not expecting that it's going to be perfect or or that my partner is going to be perfect. Mm 
Um, so I expect that there may be a time in which my relationship may require a therapist's counsel or some sort of mediation. And yeah. I would hope that my my partner doesn't do what Olajuwon is doing, which is basically close both of us off to getting help, which I am seeing. I was watching Katina's face. Oh my God. I had notes on her face too. So let's talk about it. It was scary. It was feeling yeah. like, is feeling like I'm building a fence around me and my wife. Don't, don't come closer because I don't want anyone to recognize that this is actually as unhealthy as it is. Yeah. And this is something that like, I know the word toxic is overused, but like this is toxic. When you are in a relationship where someone is isolating you over and over and over again, it's for a reason. And so I'm just really concerned about the longevity and like if they do decide past decision day to stay together, what might happen with their relationship without cameras being around. That makes me really fearful for Katina, if I'm being honest. She... Mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the reason and the specific shot I'm alluding to is Dr. Pepper, she comes out, Alonjuan obviously reacts the way he does, and she, Dr. Pepper immediately clarified and was like, look, if you guys are happy, that's the win here, period. Um, and to, like, kind of close the gap and just, like, have him simmer down. Um, and so in this confessional, we see Alonjuan and Katina standing there, and he's like, we're happy, you know, and we can't make our relationship look like what America wants our relationship to look like. But it's like, mm -mm, this isn't America. This is a professional who analyzes, again, human behavior and relationships. And she's literally saying, just don't be condescending and belittling towards your wife. Hello, right. that should be bare minimum. So Katina's face there, she looked like she had been on a bender. Like her her eyes were swollen. Like she didn't look happy. She wasn't smiling. She wasn't making eye contact with the camera. She was just defaulting and looking at O and allowing him to take up the space, um, which I she thought was really pretty interesting. Distant. Yeah, she looked like a child, kind of like, I'm going to do what you say, dad, mm -hmm. and just stand back and let you have the spotlight here. It yeah. didn't look like an equality um, in that moment. So, yeah, I'm with you. I am with yeah, you on that. Yeah, uh, big red flag, big red flag. Yeah. If you see your friends in relationships that look and they, they start to take on some, if they start to look like this, not even just physically, aesthetically, but like, facial expressions they're it's just not normal for them their partner is speaking on their behalf katina's usually all laughs all giggles and and even during like moments that are nervous for her but i think that she's gotten to a point where she's quite fearful of olajuwon's uh sensitivity so she's trying not to rock yeah. the boat which is a really big sign of being in a uh, my toxic red flag and is could be an abusive relationship. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, Noi not taking full ownership about her social media posts. Like she keeps mm. trying to sweep it under the rug. Like it wasn't about you though. It wasn't about you though. And I just want to call bullshit on that um, because it doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. And like, that might be me overstepping, but I'm just, again, full transparency. I'm owning my decision here with making that assumption. It doesn't add up. It feels sketchy. It feels passive aggressive. And regardless, this was already discussed. This boundary was set between you and your husband and you disrespected him by, by doing that again. So that's not okay. Let's do better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Own your part. Your partner calls you out for something. 
own it. And she had done that in the past, so I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what that was about. I think she's but. just embarrassed. I think when people are really caught with their pants down, it, they get scared to just be like, you know what? Yeah, I messed up. Yeah, and but you know what happens when it. you don't take ownership and your partner's like, hey, wasn't this about me? That's gaslighting. Yeah, yeah. So, so we like to there. think we like to think that gaslighting is just like only done by evil, like like disturbed no. people. Yeah, and it's no. not. Sometimes we do it because we are afraid of being caught, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. Ooh, hitting a truth Green bomb flags. there. Green Let's flags. Let's flip it. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right, green flag is Steve Noy sitting down looking at a budget. I know it's not sexy. Yes. I know it's boring. I know it can also lead to fights, but I promise you, like getting real about your about what the barriers are for your shared goals will really help get you closer to those goals. Yeah. Period. Yeah, especially you know, your budget's not going to figure itself out magically and show up for you mm-hmm. so you might as well rip the band-aid mm-hmm. off have the conversation and be done with it mm-hmm. nine times out of ten the anticipation of these conversations is worse than actually just having them yes thank you thank so you anxiety 101 <laughs> yeah um okay What's so yours? my green my green flag also steve and noy but it's steve asking noy um, from a place of curiosity, like, what more do you feel you deserve? Like, what am I not living up to? Um, I thought that was especially off the back of not being okay with the social media thing for him to take a backseat and be like, tell me more, like with curious, again, in a gentle way, he was just like, what am I not doing? Um, we've seen him do this a couple times consistently. Patience Talk about of cons- Job. Mm-hmm. Talk about consistency. Yeah. Steve has been consistently consistent with taking a place of curiosity and being like, what more do you need from me? And not in a challenging, threatening no. kind of way. Yeah. No. Love it. Steve, we need like, let's, can we clone you? We need or a just lot like, more men like teach you. a master class. Yeah. Teach a mat. Come on my master class, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good boyfriends anonymous. Program. Ready, set, swipe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Recovering bad boyfriends group. Yes. There you go. Um, Okay. Listener Q. Listener Q. Okay. All right. Let go. (laughs) Hang on. (laughs) Okay. So this question comes from a 32-year-old female. Yeah, female. Um, In a heterosexual relationship with a male. Don't know their age. Um, They've been dating for six months. Exclusively, exclusively. Um, I said, I love you to my partner and they say that they care for me, but they aren't ready to reciprocate the, I love you in return. Mm -hmm. Should I consider this in deciding how much more effort I should be putting into this relationship? Mm. Yeah. Six months. Six months. I, I feel Oh, this is a tough one to answer just because things are so different for all couples. I feel if you feel that you are emotionally ahead or more invested in the other person, that's the conversation that needs to happen. The word, if we take the L-bomb out of it, 
you know, let's just examine where each of you are at in the relationship and what the other person would need to fall in love with you. Mm -hmm. Right. So that would be, you know, what if if I were to say I love you to someone and they were like, oh, I'm not ready to say it yet, but I care about you. You know, I'd say I completely understand and respect you're not ready to say it yet. Is there anything I can do to help you along or do you mind sharing with me where you're at right now and what your feelings are about us? is what I would want for the peace of mind. And that's the way I would take the conversation just to kind of explore like, okay, what does that mean to you? You know, do you feel Mm -hmm. like you are capable of falling in love with me? Because, you know, especially me, like I'm at the place in my life where I want a long-term relationship that's leading to marriage. And that requires my other person to love me the same amount that I love them, you know? So are you, do you think you'll get there or where are you at? That's, that's my two cents on how I would handle it. Yeah, approaching with curiosity. Um, mm-hmm. I have a similar suggestion, sort of like what we were talking about earlier regarding building trust um, and how that is really a different experience or may have different requirements for everyone because of their own unique relationship to trust based yeah. on what they've been through and how like how they define it and what works for them. Um I think that the same can go for loving someone and expressing love for someone. Um, and, and maybe it's not even the, the, the having loving feelings for, maybe it's the communication of, listen, saying I love you to someone is a giant leap of faith and it is a very vulnerable thing. Um, it can be, not everyone is as willing to like, throw out and I love you as soon as they feel it. And I'm not necessarily suggesting that our listener who, who posed this question is just so able to do that. What I'm saying is, is that, um, it depends on what our experience of love has been like up until this point that may inform how quick your partner may be in like sharing that with you because it comes with a lot of other, things that may come next and that could be really scary. So what I would suggest is, because I don't want to assume that that is definitely the case either and neither do you, you want to like check back in, in like a non, um, a non testing place. Um, instead of being like pulse check, do you love me yet? Or pulse check. If you, if you're not ready to say this, I'm out sort of checking in and be like, okay, so we talked about this. Like I shared with you how I felt. Obviously that was a big deal for me because I said it and I meant it. Um, and I heard you when you said that you care about me and I appreciate that. I feel that from you. Um, and I also heard you when you said that you're not ready to express. And I just wanted to know a little bit more about that. Maybe not specific to me. Um, but what your experience has been like in the past and is there, is there a barrier here Like basically what I'm saying is see if there's a conversation that helps you see if about being on the same page with one another, maybe you're not both ready to say, I love you at the same time, but are you in the same place of commitment in your relationship? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have the same intention. You have the same end goal. Yeah. Yeah. Because let's, let's use Alex and I for an example. Like if we're in a relationship and Alex, I'm like, I love you. (laughs) Surprise. And you're like, Ooh, thank you. I'm so like, it's so amazing to hear. And you tell me, Brianna, I, I 
I really care about you, but I guess I'm a little scared. Maybe I'll feel better if I know that you and I both still have the same goals. Right. Yeah. You just want clarity on where you stand with the person and what their intentions are. So it's just having Mm -hmm. that conversation again, from a place of curiosity and compassion and just wanting to understand six months, isn't the end, you know, six months I feel is, feels like a long time, but in the scheme of things, it's, it's really not. And so focus less on the words that are being said and the intention and the consistency. And like you said, the commitment that the other person is meeting you with, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. That's what I, that's my two cents. Yeah. So thanks guys for listening. That'll do it for this week. Thanks for bearing with us and our little doggy squeals. It was great. (laughs) Um, If you like our show, go ahead and leave a review and a rating. It means so much to us. And also take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to post it on the gram and tag us at ditch the script pod. We love to see it. And then if you're not following us on the socials yet at ditch the script pod, both on Instagram and our TikTok. that's the name for that social media app. And then if you want your questions about your own love life, hit us up on our website, ditchthescriptpod.com and we'll answer it anonymously. Yep. That's it. You said it all. Crushed it. Boom. Thanks, girl. Period. We'll see you next week. Period. (laughs) Period.